Hi, welcome to Salt and Burn This. I'm Sammy. And I'm Valerie. And this is our Supernatural Rewatch podcast. Each week, we're going to break down an episode in order with lots of details, so nothing's left out. (laughs) And we throw in some personal nuggets and stories and research to mix it up just a little bit. Because not only are we fans of the show, but like Sam and Dean, we've also had our fill of road trips. Yeah, but for theater, not for hunting ghosts and demons. And not in a super sexy muscle car. Anyway, shall we? We shall. So we've just been talking about all the shots and like doctors and and things that we need to to do as we get to this age and then you know it's the beginning of the year while you have health insurance, do right. what you can while you have just it. Get it done. Yeah. So, I unfortunately for all of my bragging about my teeth, um, <laughs> I unfortunately need to get a dental implant um, huh. because the this one you know one of my crowns. Um, yeah. that I have all the m- fucking money I've already paid for them for your um, mouth yeah like one of them is a root canal and the root canal has now broken for like <gasps> the third or fourth time and the and it's a very odd feeling because like I heard it snap oh. like I, I heard a snap and then like my crown like became really really loose and I was like ah! you know <laughs> Those are, I have nightmares Oh, so do I. All of the fucking time. But it's literally happened to me. It's happened to you at least twice now. Two or three times. Ever since I moved to New York, like, my crown has been like, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to pop out of your mouth. Yeah. It's going to be real attractive. So, you know, the dentist was like, well, let me just, like, redo the root canal. And I'm like, okay, dude, is there anything more permanent that we can do? Because... It's this happens all happening. the time. Yeah. And he's like, well, this is kind of like the only option I want to go for right now. And then he sat there. Now, having had a root canal on the same tooth four times, oh god, I don't mind them, you know, because they numb okay. you up and you just like, kind of sit there and you hear the drills and stuff like that, which could be bothersome. But, you know, for me, I'm like, well, you know, whatever. But this was like such a painful one because he kept like digging up there and I could feel it like in my nasal oh, cavity, kind of uh-huh. like the vibrations and stuff and the pressure. Yes. yes. And then finally he was like, I'm having a hard time getting this post out. And I was like, you mean you haven't done anything? <laughs> like I thought he was like putting the almost, new thing in almost finished. And, and he's just like, no, I haven't even been able to get it out. Oh. So yeah, we're probably gonna have to go implant. Um, which is good because then I won't have to deal with this ever again, you know, it's, right. but it's a crazy process. Guess how much it's going to cost me out of pocket. I have dental insurance and I have the higher of the two levels of dental do insurance. They con- do they consider it cosmetic? There are in the, in the list, the, the list of things, there are some of it that I think would be cosmetic and some that are not so insurance does cover it. A portion, but guess how much my out of pocket? I'm gonna say at least two thousand dollars. Four thousand and three hundred doll hairs. I was, you know what? I almost said five thousand, but I was like, Valerie, that's too much. Why don't you go with something lower? It was when um, they first esti- when they first gave me the estimate. It was like fifty six hundred, and I'm like, whoa, <laughs> oh my god, this is way more than I was 
expecting it to be. Please send this to the insurance so I know for sure how much, you know, I'm going to have before I make any kind of decision. Uh Uh-huh. It's so funny. I just came back from the dentist yesterday. Really? (laughs) Yeah. I finally got, I finally got in. They've been, my dentist, I love them because they harangue you until you come back in. They're like, you're overdue. I'm like, okay. And they're like, no, no, you're overdue. Like three months. Yeah. Constant phone Mm -hmm. calls and appointment, like, here's an appointment. Here's an appointment. Here's I'm like, okay, 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 okay. I'm there. I got it. So I got a cleaning and I, I know that they were not pleased with me because I was not flossing. Uh, <laughs> and they spent a little bit more time sawing through my gums, but they are nice and everything's nice and white now. And they mm-hmm. of course gave me um, a little bit of a complex about my, my front, my chip tooth uh-huh. that uh, is just over time. It's just chipping, 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 chipping. She said to me that I should think about getting my teeth straightened and then getting my chip, you know, redone. And I was like, oh, you, you want me to get orthodonture work, do you? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I can't afford that. I yeah. I don't have the money to just for vanity. I mean, and it is vanity because my teeth are working fine. And, you know, I can deal with the Every once in a while, I'll catch a picture of me from a weird angle where I'm like, ah, my teeth. <laughs> you know, it just, it like highlights how crooked your teeth actually yeah. are, you yeah. know. But, you know, so what? I'd, I would love to have my teeth re-straightened and I would love to have a nice clean front tooth without a chip in it, but not right now. That is not what right I now. did was first I got the Invisalign and mm-hmm. then they did the, the crown work because my chips were like 10 times yeah. worse than yours were, you know, oh, it was yeah. on I, two of them, you know, the two I front rem- teeth. I rem- so. Yeah, I remember your teeth. Yeah. Well, also more a necessity for you because you're a performer. You make your living with part of, part of your living yeah. is your face. Yeah. You know, and it makes it, it makes an impact, unfortunately, you know, makes an impression. And not that I thought like, oh, look at her teeth, but you know, there's somebody who will. Yes. Cause I'm, the, I'm that person. I'm that person who notices people's teeth. I love I good I'm teeth. I'm so focused on mine. You know? Yeah. See, I love good teeth. I yeah. absolutely, it's one of the first things I see. Yeah. Um, but I, but I'm not, but I think it is also because I'm like what I went through with braces and now, as I'm older, my teeth have moved. I'm like, I wish I had straight teeth again. Yeah. yeah. Oh, one more thing about teeth. Yes. Um, so the, there is a thing called like dental tourism because dentistry in other countries is way cheaper than America. And it's actually maybe a little bit more advanced in many Ooh. of them. Like Hungary is really well known for their dentists. It's like Hungary, Turkey, Costa Rica, and Mexico were like in the top four, not necessarily in that order, but of like mm-hmm. where you should go to get like cosmetic work. Top notch. So I was just, I was just looking. I was like, okay, I wonder what it would cost to do that. And two round trip tickets, because it would be a two part process. It's like first they like extract and then heat, you had let that heal up and then you yeah. get back and do the thing two round trip tickets to hungary plus the procedure plus the hotel would be just as much if not maybe a little bit cheaper than getting it done here oh my god <laughs> isn't that crazy and that's, and that's after paying for your insurance for the year yeah you know what i mean yeah 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 that's crazy mm-hmm. health insurance man Season four, episode 10, Heaven and Hell. I'll kill her gentle. 
The angels want Anna dead, so Sam and Dean go on the run with the frightened girl, determined to discover the secret that has set the furies of heaven on her. Written by Trevor Sands and Jeremy Carver, I think, and directed by J. Miller Tobin. I say I think because in IMDb, there's like four or five of them that are credited. Oh, okay. But I will say these these past two episodes, so I know what you did last summer and this episode were two very good episodes. Mm-hmm. So, so this is in conclusion to I Know What yes, You Did Last Summer. Yes, the second part of the two-parter. The recap is, again, Anna, Lilith, uh, but they reintroduce Pamela, the, the psychic. Yep, who got uh, her eyes who, burned out. Yes, uh, and then they stress again that Anna, I mean, that the angels need to kill Anna. Yeah, um, they kind of nicely at the end of the recap just like play like the last few seconds of the previous scenes and then the now just, flows very nicely picking right up where we left off with the boys standing up for Anna against yep, Cass like, and Uriel who are like yes as the synopsis just said they'll kill her gentle because she's not innocent you know she's yeah, she's not an innocent she's worse than a demon yeah is what they call her and they need to kill her Uriel's still a dick nothing's changed in the last <laughs> you know 30 okay. seconds um, which is where the I'll kill her gentle comes in. They're yeah. gonna kill her, but I'll but I'll be I'll be nice about it. Yeah. <laughs> Dean calls them heartless sons of bitches and Castiel says, Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> yeah. And he doesn't say it ironically. He just no, says just you know, like... that's actually right. We mm-hmm. have no hearts, you know, right. where we are just the machines, even mm-hmm. though Castiel has previously said, you know, I'm more than that. I'm starting to doubt. But not angels. So Sam and Dean refuse to give Anna over, obviously. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so Uriel decides to attack Ruby. He's like, all right, can't have Anna. How about this bitch, basically? And like yeah. leaps on to Ruby. Oh, no, he like throws her against the wall. Yeah. And then starts punching down on Dean, doesn't he? Yeah, well, because Dean tries to pull him off of Yeah, Ruby, yeah. And then Uriel's was... just like, yes, this is my chance. And just like goes and goes and goes and goes. Like, yeah. joyfully beating up Dean. Cass walks towards Sam, thankfully just puts him to sleep, you know, with his little two-finger, you know. His little boop. finger touchy on the forehead <laughs> thing. Yep. Boop. Sam passes out. And um, uh, and then all of a sudden, a bright light fills the room. And when it disappears, it takes the angels with it. Like, the angels kind of get, like, ray-gunned away. Of- yeah, yeah, there's no smoke or anything. It's yeah. just bright light. And it's like you kind of see their bodies streak out of the room. Yeah. But that's, you know, but that's it. I kind of like this this white light because it was kind of like tinged with blue almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dean goes and helps Ruby up, which I thought was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, a little shift in how he sees her right now. Yeah. Helps her up to his feet, uh, to her feet. They go to check on Anna, who has disappeared from the room. And it turns out she's in the next room with like, pools of blood from her wrist she's got her hands like both hands planted on a desk in pools of blood she's painted some sort of blood sigil on a mirror and uh and is like collapsing from the whatever blood loss just happened yeah. yeah blood loss or the the spell i don't know but she can't remember why she knows this symbol or spell yeah, he's like did you kill them and she says no i didn't kill them i just sent them away yeah i sent them far away how'd you do that i don't know mm, yeah. <laughs> it just came into my head and it's like okay title splash yeah um there's a 
right before uh, Cass did the, the the brand touchy thing to Sam, Sam called him Cass. And I wrote down, I was like, ooh, is this the first time? Hmm. It's not the first time we've heard the word Cass because Dean in a previous episode doesn't doesn't call Cass Cass. He refers to Cass right. as Cass. Um, but this is the first time I've heard... Say Cass one more time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, but this is like, I think the first time that Sam has called him that name to his face. You know, so there's like a, a relationship that's now formed some sort of, and I don't mean like a good relationship, but there's a, you know, doesn't call him Castiel, don't do this. He says, Cast, you don't have to do this or whatever. And anyway, I just thought that was in first. I was like, oh, is that the first time we've ever heard Cast? No. Yeah. We're going to hear it more and not just from me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So after the splash, everyone's still in this shack. And the boys are kind of discussing their situation because now they're like, hold on. Like, I know we hate the angels, but they also said that she's, you know, not innocent. Worse. Right. That she's bad somehow. So what what has she done? Right. So they're a little concerned, but not so much that they're just going to like run away. They're still going to keep her safe for now, you know, mm -hmm. with everybody else until they find more answers. Yeah. This episode, by the way, has a handful of movie and TV shout outs. Oh, there's like so many cultural references. references. Yeah. So yeah, many. Not meta cultural. Um, this first one was uh, Angels in the Outfield. That's <laughs> what, how Dean described what Anna did was now that she's put Angels in the Outfield, yeah. which is a fairly terrible 1994 oh, baseball movie. Yeah. It was awful. I remember liking it when I was younger. But now when I'm thinking about, I haven't seen it since then, but I'm like, wow, what a terrible idea. A, a <laughs> huge cast. I mean, I a, a giant cast, but a terrible movie. Yeah. So um, stupid. Um, so anyway, the safe place that they decided on is Bobby's. Bobby's Panic Room. Yes. So off they go to South Dakota. Um, <laughs> and it turns out that... Uh, <laughs> Bobby isn't there. And the way they explain Bobby not being there is that he's either on vacation <laughs> in the DR or he's uh, um, hunting something. And they're hoping right. that he's hunting something and not on a beach at hedonism in a banana <laughs> hammock and a trucker hat, yeah. which Sam is, is a little traumatized by that image. And I, and I kind of was too. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Oh, I went there. Oh, speaking of Bobby or more so Jim Beaver, an interesting little tie-in. So I'm sure you've heard that Richard Belzer passed away a couple yes. of days ago, who played yeah. Detective Munch from <laughs> SVU, which is another show I've been kind of binging on for the past couple of years. Um, I saw on Jim Beaver's Twitter that he had auditioned for Munch. On the original series that he was on? Yeah, the Homicide Life on the hum Streets show. Yep. So, I don't know. Wow. It was just like a weird little, some sort of degree of separation. Even though he says he never met Richard Belzer, he was just like, mm -hmm. oh, this is weird, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, that's still a chance a it could have been me. Yeah. Right. Right. I, I have a hard time picturing. No. So, I, I mean, love I Jim Beaver, but is, Munch, right. Belzer is Munch. Yeah. Forever Absolutely. and ever. Which is why he's been munch on every show i know for like 25 on. years he was same character different shows <laughs> yeah um anyway but yeah so sorry sorry for your loss that's uh 
and it's a, that's a hard hit for me. Well, seriously, when yeah. you have a beloved character, you yeah, know, yeah, hard. it was just like, oh my god, Pelzer. But yeah. he died in France, and he loved France, so I guess he was Aww. happy. He was, Apparently, he his last he... words were "fuck you, motherfucker." But that's not confirmed. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it was like a friend of his said, like, oh, yeah, he's been dealing with some health issues and his last words were, fuck you, motherfucker. But in yeah. what context, I don't know. If that was even true, you know, could have just been this oh. guy giving him a legacy, you know? <laughs> right, right, exactly. I'll take it. I'll take it till you say it's All not. All right, so back in Bobby's panic room, yes. sans Bobby, uh, Anna's safe for now, um, including hex bags, made for movie for yes. extra like gps protection you know <laughs> extra, extra crunchy so yes. not no angels no demons there it's pure blinding yeah so nobody yeah. knows where they are and and to uh recall what you just said a few minutes ago dean sincerely thanks ruby for this little extra bump of yeah, protection wording yeah yeah, yeah. I, I underlined that yeah and uh and of course for now uh the angel radio is silent anna's not hearing any voices nothing seems to be happening which is a little disconcerting for all of them yeah, yeah. sammy's been doing some research on anna on her her medical past mm-hmm. essentially um and has found that she she's had medical incidents before so she was hospitalized for like panic attacks and stuff like that when she was what two and a half something like yeah. that uh, and reading her her medical records, it said that you know her father, her her mom and dad brought her in when she would scream that her dad wasn't her dad and that her real dad uh, was really mad at her mm-hmm. and wants her dead yeah. essentially. Um, and I didn't understand the connection between her being like yelling that you know you're not my real dad, but my real dad wants to kill me. I was like, so <laughs> which part are you? you know, really that scared of Bart. And of course, Dean has to latch in on the whole, like, oh, not her real dad? Who's her real dad? The plumber? <laughs> Snake in the old pipes? Perfect response from Sam, which is, Dean, you're confusing reality with porn again. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, like, the most perfect delivery by Jared. I was yeah. like, well done. Yeah. Because he doesn't, he doesn't savor it. He doesn't, like, poke at him. He just says it. Yeah. You know, and then moves on to the next thing, leaving Dean no chance to retort. <laughs> right. <laughs> Great delivery. But anyway, shortly after that, Anna shows up. She's been eavesdropping, and it's a bad conversation to be <laughs> eavesdropping about when they're talking about your, you know, quote-unquote psychotic past. Right. Um, Ruby is a terrible babysitter. We've learned. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I loved this didn't, little exchange. Didn't Dean say, like, keep an eye on her? And she's like, okay. He's just like, what? <laughs> I am. She's right here. here. (laughs) I know where she is. Yeah. Uh, And then good old Sam, you know, you know, she's just like, why don't you ask me yourself? And Sam says, okay, fair Mm -hmm. enough. So what are you guilty of? Yeah. Is there anything? Mm -hmm. The angels seem to think you've done something wrong. Do you know what it is? And she doesn't doesn't. remember. And Sam believes her. And he's like, okay, that's fine. Let's try and find out then. Enter. Enter. The hot chick, the hot psychic, Pamela, yeah. who now, blinded, is sporting some really funky white plastic eyeballs. Yeah. Which, I'm like, I know they had to choose a color for them, you know, because they couldn't give her black, you yeah. know, but I was like, white? 
were they trying to say something or was she just like really cool <laughs> well she even said she said something about like oh it's good for business because it makes me seem a little bit extra you know extra yeah, a little bit more psychic -y. yeah yeah yeah, which but still you know, like white. That's eyes. something that I would do. Like if I ever like got my eyeballs burned out of my head, I would put something kind of funky in them. There's a girl white. on there's a girl on TikTok, and I don't know her her name at all. I've just come across her every now and then, you know, mm -hmm. on, in the algorithm. She's got a one fake eyeball that she puts in one that looks like it's just rhinestones. Oh my god, that's I know, so, so cool! I assume it's like rhinestones encased like in like set, the gel yeah. or whatever you know so it's not it's, like oh bumpy like, yeah. <laughs> but it is super cool it's like oh wow that's imagine i i intense. get an eyelash in my eye and i'm like ah yeah. you imagine if you had rhinestones i know <laughs> um, that's pretty cool mm -hmm. so enter pamela who's still blind um can can taps tap sam on the ass which i love and she still recognizes that there's a demon in the room, mm -hmm. Ruby, uh, doesn't recognize Anna for uh, what we find out she is, but does know that there's another human in the room named yeah. Anna. Yeah. Um, so their plan is to hypnotize her, hypnotize mm -hmm. Anna, and to see if they can do the way back and you know, find out what happened. I want to say I love Pamela in the sense during the scene where they do hypnotize Anna. She is so in control mm -hmm. and so like confident in what she's doing mm -hmm. i there isn't anything so far about pamela that i don't like yeah and i and i kind of like uh am envious of of somebody who is so certain of themselves in situations like this yeah so i, I mean not like this but just in life in general <laughs> you know who you are you know what your role is uh -huh. you know how to do it yeah you know i i appreciate that cool. okay so inside of the panic room and um yep pamela is starting her hypnosis very calmly as you said uh she starts asking just basic questions how can you hear the angels how do you know the spells anna still doesn't know. know even under hypnosis know. what's your father's name you know rick or whatever right and then she's like okay let's go back a little bit further what's that father's name and then anna starts resisting yeah she's like no i don't I don't I don't want to do this yeah and then starts kind of panicking not quite having a seizure but but lashing out you know yeah yeah there's there's something that that she thinks is physically there that that we don't see it's right. just kind of like no no yeah she's physically um, fighting she and then she gets more intense she starts screaming and then the lights start bursting <laughs> out like in the lights room. are flickering the lights light bulbs burst yeah, and she's now she's screaming no yeah yep. dean tries to and approach uh, her and then anna punches him over to the other side of the room <laughs> accidentally um but accidentally because it's like someone have like you said someone having a seizure and they're just yeah. strong and out of control and uh, so he gets kind of a supernatural bolt across the room. Yeah. In the meantime, you know, Pamela's like, wait, no, no, Dean, don't, you know, mm -hmm. and because she knew what was going to happen. Uh, and but because they're not getting any further and things are exploding, uh, Pamela pulls uh, Anna out of the uh, the trance, you know, one, two, three, four, five, and you're awake. Yeah. Um, you know, and sorry, I couldn't we couldn't find out, you know, what happened. Anna says, no, no thank you <laughs> yeah 
I do know who I am. I do know what happened. And it turns out that Anna is, was an angel. An angel. An angel. Uh, which is not good for, for pretty much anybody at this yeah, point. Yeah, everyone is like, what we know. <laughs> you know, Pamela is like, okay, peace out, bitches, because yeah. I already played this game. Yeah. Uh, Ruby, the demon, is like, nope, I don't want to be in the same room as an angel. <laughs> and then the boys are like, nope, you guys are all dicks, so... Yeah, great. What's what's happening? However, like, why why do they want to kill you? What's going on with that? And so this is when she tells her story. She's like, well, I disobeyed my orders, which is like the number one crime that you can do. And I fell to human or fell to earth as a human. And I ripped, you know, I ripped out my grace. Right. Which I did do a little research on grace because it's it's just kind of taken for granted that everybody understands what grace is in general terms uh grace is the power that god willingly gives us and i'll use us in air quotes Mm -hmm. um uh to help us do what we could never do on our own that's one uh the other is it's just celestial energy uh integral to angels is what differentiates angels from humans is that they're they're energized by the power of god by the grace of god so that's that's what that is it's essentially just their juice yeah and she she kind of describes that you know people you know i think one of them asks is like excuse me (laughs) bless you (laughs) (laughs) right she's like no this is what you know just basically my power and uh and then she lost her memory of being an angel the older she got so that's why when she was two she was screaming about her real father aka god um but then the older she got, you know, just kind of she faded away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and she also got psychiatric help yeah. that steered her mentally in a different mm-hmm. direction. Mm-hmm. Um, she, uh, as an angel, we have to note that she was uh, Castiel and Uriel's boss. They were on some sort of team together. Mm-hmm. Um, they called it in the same foxhole. Uh, but she was actually their commander or their leader, so mm-hmm. we need to... So there's some sort of familial, which is probably why Cass and Uriel were sent to get her. Right. Um, but again, my question lingers. How did how did anybody know who Anna was as a human? And why did she why did she suddenly become the focus of both Angel and Demon? See, I would assume that it's it had something to do with her tuning into Angel Radio. Because I feel like the angels may have Notice, like, oh, there's a new frequency on here. Yeah. Okay. Because they okay, did, see that. She did that say that she only started hearing them like a couple months ago or something, right? right. It was a when fairly Dean... recent thing that she started to now yeah. we know like regain her angel like memories and connections or whatever you want to call right. it. And it was when Dean was saved from hell. Yeah. Yes. So it goes to it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'll buy that. I'll buy that. So now they realize the real danger that she uh, is not only to herself, but to everyone around her, because uh, a human angel can be tortured, can be, you know, can bleed, can hurt, and can mm-hmm. be used by the demons for uh, information. Information uh, and also just because, <laughs> I think right. Ruby said. Um, right. Why not? Yeah. And here and- she says kind of the title of the episode one you know one of many times the title of the yes. episode is said 
uh, she says, sooner or later, heaven or hell, they're going to find you. Yep. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Heaven wants her dead. Demons just want. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just want her. Yeah. Yes. So Ruby's kind of the only one truly appreciating the direness of their situation. I think yeah. she even says that. She's like, no, no, no. You guys do not understand. You don't know. You don't get What it. is happening here? Yeah. Um, and so, therefore, Anna wants to try and find her grace and get her angel powers again. But she has no idea where that is since that was, you know, 30 years ago. Whatever years ago. Yeah. Right. Right. And, uh, smarty pants so Sam. <laughs> yep. Yep. He figures uh -huh. out that, uh, that Anna, her actual falling, uh, from heaven may have been seen as like a meteor because she mentions, I don't know, I was falling at 30,000 miles an hour type yeah. of thing. Uh, followed by her grace, you know, falling separately from her. Mm -hmm. And so Dean's like, so could humans have seen this? Yeah. Would it have been like, a meteor so he goes and tracks down meteor sightings uh around that time of when she fell and they're able to narrow it down to a state <laughs> to what uh where was it so um, one was in ohio which is where she was born mm -hmm. and the other one was in kentucky kentucky union kentucky right so <laughs> sorry i just want to mention the 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 movie and TV references. No, please do. And they're all, they're all like mostly from Dean, which is, which is kind of funny because he's not contributing much at this point to their, <laughs> to the, to helping Anna or to, you know, yeah. researching Anna. So he's like, so wait, she, if she can get her grace back, he, um, he references touch by an angel. He's like, so, okay. So you like do a bong hit for your grace and suddenly you're Roma Downey, <laughs> which was, an angel on touched by an angel, yeah. which okay. And then uh once they once they just once once Sam realizes, you know, like we need to track down these meteor hits, this will probably lead us towards her grace. Ruby um goes on about angels and demons, like you said. She's like, You don't understand. She's like, it's like Godzilla and Mothra. Uh -huh. You know, angels and demons fighting is like is like now, I did go down a little rabbit hole with oh. Godzilla and Mothra. Oh, boy. Because that is a reference. That is, I mean, everyone knows Godzilla, right? Mm -hmm. But not everybody has seen a Godzilla movie, especially like one of the originals. Yeah. Um, and Mothra, you know, if you don't know, you don't know. So yeah. Mothra, uh, while Mothra and Godzilla, you know, Godzilla, big lizard who, you know, They're in the same Tokyo. universe, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Godzilla was created... Um, by atomic energy everybody has superpowers because of nuclear you know accidents godzilla exists because of a nuclear uh, explosion yeah so mothra is uh, a moth <laughs> um what? initially is a is a benevolent creature and is forced to do bad things because because she was provoked so she ends up fighting godzilla because godzilla um like stole her egg or something like that and so becomes and the city of tokyo gets gets destroyed between the two of them fighting each other <laughs> the the creature godzilla is is a um a metaphor for the u.s aggression against japan and dropping the atomic bomb ah. so um which has nothing to do with this episode but if people are like what's godzilla is he just this big lizard it's that was the japanese I answer see. to the the bomb 
right was that it created this you know awoke a see the you know they awoke a, a sleeping giant in the u.s uh-huh. when they attacked pearl harbor but right. the giant was the bomb and it okay and it came to attack and destroy yes japan so i see mothra as you know kind of kind of anna she started out as like this benevolent thing mm-hmm. and then is forced to become you know worse because mm-hmm. of because of because of circumstances and uh godzilla uh not quite sure who would be godzilla in this mix <laughs> but so maybe the demons are godzilla maybe alistair is godzilla anyway that was a rabbit hole i went down i'm so sorry but because they reference godzilla and mothra several times i just want to make sure that everyone knows it was a 1964 movie that started a a huge dialogue with uh, japanese movie making so <laughs> there you go you don't know I think Godzilla and Mothra are referencing more heaven and hell versus just one one particular demon or one particular angel. Yeah. Yeah. But also Earth could be destroyed in the process. Right, because they are monstrous. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, yeah. Anyway, Ruby just wants to bail on Anna because she's like, nope, I went out. she's, (laughs) She's like, even with all of these metaphors, she's like, honestly, the thing I'm most afraid of is Alistair. You guys don't understand the the thing that is alistair right so angel aside there anna mm-hmm. <laughs> alistair is who we should be worried about right because he is the she calls him the grand inquisitor of hell picasso yeah. with a knife meaning he is a a slicer and a dicer torturer. yeah that's a good way to put it and she wants sam to pull him out meaning like exercise the yeah. demon out but yep. he's too out of shape because he stopped doing dot 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 Dot. yes and then we don't know what that dot 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 is because sam was like nope i'm not doing that anymore yep yep i'm not doing that i love that she called him flabby (laughs) your powers are flabby um but yeah but yeah so sam totally shuts her down like nope not doing that i said i wouldn't do it i'm not doing it so here's another movie reference you know so what if what if anna doesn't get her groove back which is a reference yeah. to how stella got her groove back yes 1998 angela bassett and that's all i'm gonna say about it um and Tate so the question is what do we do like so we have to go find her grace right. and hope that this is the answer yeah so later that night dean and anna are outside talking and they kind of have a uh, dean takes this opportunity to ask anna as an angel what he what she knows about him mm-hmm. you know why and he's got some existential questions which is like why me why did they save me yeah what's going on yeah and anna doesn't know she's like that happened after i fell and i was human so i don't know i don't you you were not part of the plan before i fell so i don't know not the answer that dean was looking for so now the conversation turns to anna you know and why why would you choose the fall speaking of falling yeah um and uh, you know apparently with with anna as an angel her life was very cold and stony and it was all very regimented um she was stuck in this military assignment waiting for orders from a non-existent father or a non-present father i should say yeah yeah she basically says all that it's not cracked up to what you think it is thank you could not get those words out um that's okay it's like only obedience and faith or or death 
those are your two options, you know? (laughs) Um, And I did, I don't know why I chose to do this, but, you know, her and him kind of go on this banter about, like, why would you want to be human? You know, it's like all of this crap. And she's like, yeah, but then it's all of this stuff. And it was kind of like a pros and cons list. So, (laughs) yes. So Anna's, uh, Dean's cons are eating, crapping, confused, afraid, miserable bastards, pain, and guilt. (laughs) And Anna's pros are loyalty, forgiveness, love, chocolate cake, and sex. And and Dean's like, well, got me there. (laughs) Had she said pie, you know, maybe that would have been too much on the nose. Maybe, maybe. But, um... Yeah. So but she does like, say I, like I don't good and bad. I would give anything. I'd rather have to the keep those than to go yep. back. Yep. I'd rather still feel. I'd rather feel sad, but know that I can feel sad. Yeah. Than go back to what I had to experience emotions, which I think is pretty cool. She also says she mentioned that there's you know not everybody because Dean says you know well if you knew that God was waiting for you what you know what's the the hang up and she's like I don't know there's only been four angels that have actually seen him yeah you know we have to like you said we have to take it on faith and uh and later in supernatural it turns out that there's six angels that have seen him but if you look at the biblical references to uh these angels it's the four archangels Mm. who have seen god's face um Raphael, gabriel uriel and michael ah those in the Bible are the four archangels who have actually seen the face of God. Mm. And I think it's Moses who's the only human who has seen the, the face of God. Interesting that all angels then, again, are operating on faith. Yeah. No, I mean, but that's what they were created to do. So it's... Uh... She also describes a life, you know, like her life is very parallel to deans you know when she was like how would you feel if you were on the you know she says she was stationed right. on earth for like two thousand years or something how would you feel yeah. being on the road like taking orders from like a non-existent father and you're homesick yeah. and you sick know. <laughs> yes and dean's like ha 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 what's so funny yeah wow i and he's like i can relate yeah you know and that's all he has to say is yeah i i can relate yeah so i um, thought that this before we move on this was an interesting exchange to me because Dean was listing all of these it seemed like good things about angels or what he thought would be good things about angels, mm-hmm. which were like, you don't doubt yourselves. You don't doubt God. You're perfect. You're powerful. Um, yep. And I feel like that was very unlike him, maybe because he's like, hates the angels so much, you know, he's always just like, you guys are assholes essentially. Yeah. Um, and he hates all of their decisions, like wanting to kill Anna for no good reason, apparently wanting to blow up this town. Like he's really kind of losing his admiration right. if he even had any to begin with. Um, but then also it was like, well, maybe he's just like tired of always doubting himself, you know, and you know, or being full of doubt, not just from him, mm-hmm. but for like the decisions they both make or, you know, like, well, right. maybe we should have done that instead of this. Um, right. So maybe that's what he would have found comfort in, in being an angel is just like, oh, you just go do. And then that's that. Right. Well, he's also in Anna. He, he has somebody that he can actually talk to without being a confrontation. You know, anytime Mm -hmm. he said anything contrary to, to Castiel or Uriel, it was met with, you know, oh yeah, we'll put him up, you know, whereas with Anna, he can actually ask these questions and he can actually get an answer from 
a real angel and from from the human side of of the angel so maybe he he feels that he can let down his uh antagonistic approach to the angels yeah that's also mm-hmm. a good point it was just interesting because i understand why he was like why would you want to be human you know mm-hmm. <laughs> like our, well, also, our roller coaster of emotion sucks but then he was like wouldn't you rather be an angel which i feel like would not be his personal right, choice but- but I think this is this opens up this this gets answered I think at the end of the episode okay. when when he and Sam are talking and uh, and we'll and I'll try to circle back oh, to that. Okay, if we okay. I think I kind of feel where you're going with that. So but... what you what you just said, I just mm-hmm. went aha. It's it's talked about in the end. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Sam interrupts like <clears throat> you know, <laughs> hate to interrupt this this hallmark moment. Um. But he's got something. He's found. He's found information, and so it is. He did find where the the meteor hit uh, in Kentucky, in Union, Kentucky, um, because where it hit, the people apparently it was an open field, and then within like twenty four hours or a few months or something, it's now a full blown solid oak tree. It is yeah. a full grown oak tree. So like a like, hundred year old hmm. tree. <laughs> yeah, they're like maybe this is it. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, so off they go to Kentucky, which is like a 15-hour drive uh, <laughs> from from South Dakota. Um, <sighs> so it's all four of them are in the Impala now, which is, an, again, a very funny picture. Yeah. To have, like, Dean driving, Sam in the front seat, and Angel. And a uh, demon. And a demon in the back seat. <laughs> yeah. and, and again, Dean has a, a porn moment where, you know, he's like, Angel and a demon in the back seat. And Sam, again, has to be like, dude, that's porn. This is reality. <laughs> and this time, Dean does have a response. He's like, what part of this is, is reality? Where <laughs> we are driving an angel and a demon to a magic oak tree. Yeah. Kentucky. The magic oak tree. <laughs> so they arrive wow. at the magic oak tree. It's gorgeous. Yes. Um, with like nice little light filtering through the branches. It's very picturesque. Yes. Mossy. And heavenly, if you will. Yes. But no grace. No grace, yeah. Anna just has to kind of like touch the tree, feel it, and she can already tell. It's like, no, someone already it's took gone. it. Cut two. Uh, Dean and Ruby bickering in the barn. Yeah. <laughs> or in They're a b- barn. back in another shack. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Anna is hearing the whispering again. The mm-hmm. whispers have started. But she said it's different this time. It's actually, they're saying something that's just on a loop. It's like, it's just, it's not a conversation. And it's just, Dean Winchester gives us Anna by midnight, or we haul him back to damnation. And that's just playing over and over and over again. So clearly a message that the angels are sending to Anna yeah. and threatening Dean. Yeah. Um. I wrote down, this is not good. Because <laughs> even the look on Dean's face, Dean does look afraid. Yeah. Because hell was no picnic. Right. So I think that was afraid for Dean, not nece- not necessarily afraid for Anna. I think Dean was afraid for Oh, no, for absolutely. Dean. Absolutely. He was afraid for himself. Um, yeah. And Sam also is afraid for, for Dean, I think. I think everyone's kind of afraid <laughs> in general. You know, then they start kind of throwing out plan ideas like oh is there a weapon is there a weapon that can kill angels and anna doesn't say no you know she doesn't say there's no weapon that exists she's just like oh there's no way we could get to such a weapon right but also she's like we'd have to kill them like suddenly now she's not so keen on killing angels 
At least that's what I got from that. I mm. said she doesn't seem too thrilled about the need to kill them in order to live herself. Yeah. I thought but, maybe if she was more just like surprised, like, oh, we're we're jumping to that. Oh, we're going okay. there. Okay. Yeah. Um yeah. Welcome but, to the Winchesters. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but again, just worth noting that she didn't say there's no such a weapon right. that can kill Good an point. angel. It's just yep. you know, we can't get to one. And, yep. you know, Dean is like, let's call Bobby. But, you know, both of these things are just worthless because what what the hell is Bobby gonna tell them that Right. That we don't already know at this right. point. Yeah. yeah. So back outside, Dean and Anna, Dean and Anna are talking again. Um, and this time Anna approaches Dean instead of him asking her questions, says, you know, I, I heard what the demon, what the angel said, and I know what you, what you did. I know what in you hell. did in hell. Yeah. Yeah. And she says, you have to forgive yourself. And Dean says, you know, I, I I can't talk about this. I'm not going to talk about this. And she accepts that. She's like, okay, but when you do mm-hmm. start to talk about it, forgive yourself and know that there are there are people, people in your circle you. that want to help you. But yes. she was like, yes, you're, Anna. <laughs> yes, exactly. you are not alone. <laughs> and then proceeds to kiss him. Mm-hmm. And Dean's like, what's that for? It's like, oh, you know, yeah, last night on Earth. You know, you know, round to the round. Dean's like, couldn't have said it better myself. You know, yep. basically, or you're stealing my lines or yeah. something. <laughs> but these are the exact same words that Ruby used to Sam before she seduced yeah. Sam. The exact same words with the exact same outcome. You are not alone. Sexy time. Yep. <laughs> And and there this was this was followed by a sexy time with yeah. uh with Anna and Dean in the Impala, which I loved it with the exception of the song. <laughs> you didn't like it. It was that just song? a little too. It was, it, I love that song. It was just a little too on the nose for me. I mean, literally, "Are You Ready for Love" by Bad Company. <laughs> and I was like, well, apparently she is. Yeah. That's all. It kind of took me out of the moment because I was like, ha, ha. <laughs> you know, I, I was, I was, love. She's I wasn't listening to the words. I was feeling more the the groove, like the the melody it's, and the yes. beat of the music was definitely in tune with her, the absolutely. kind of like brown chicka brown cow that was going on there. Yes, um, but I still had to giggle at it, literally saying, <laughs> are you ready for love? Yeah, they're ready for love. So they had a nice sexy time in the car. And, and again, there's yes. a nice little sh- scene steal from old Titanic with the hand on a steamy window and window dragging it down. The sound. And I just want to say, I'm going to be a little cheeky here, cheeky that this cheeky. was a way better scene steal or like a shot for shot comparison than the Indiana Jones shots contest thing that you were trying to <laughs> make out because i did i went and looked at that scene and i even it's... like pulled it up side by side and i was like no this is not <laughs> i was see i even was gonna make a side by side and send side it to you side. and be like what are you talking about <laughs> you she's all you have to say is no you don't have to rub it in my face because as as i said it's it was mine i didn't try to say yes it is i was like this is it was visceral for me and it made me think directly of that scene and when i watched it i was like yes but you watched it and went no yeah. so all good i mean clearly you know hand on the you oh, know yeah, inside of a steamy window is titanic you know over titanic. and over again 
I did think it was interesting though that it went from Anna touching uh the burn mark on Dean's arm, mm-hmm. you know, the the cast burn mark. It went from that that shot directly to a handprint yeah. on the on the glass. And I was like, oh, is it erasing his, you know, the no. <laughs> oh, I know it didn't, but I was like, interesting. That went from handprint to handprint. I think that then... was just a ooh, let's throw in a Titanic like steamy like handprint here. Okay. So yeah, steamy hand. And I even wrote down, does it mean anything? Okay. <laughs> I didn't answer the question. I just wrote down, does it mean anything? And the answer is no. No. No, it doesn't, Valerie. It doesn't. Cut two. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um at a crossroads, Ruby is burning her hex bag. Yeah. And she she looks around the way everybody looks around, waiting for a crossroads demon to appear, which I kind of found humorous. Um, and then Alistair appears uh, with the uh, the demon blade. Yeah, yeah. That was left in him. <laughs> when, By when a gangly scene. friend, I think he said. Gangly, yes. Yes, at the church. So, um, and then he offers it back to her. He's like, do you want this back? And she, I guess, is a, a show of good faith. Was like, no, you can keep it. It's fine. I just want to make a a deal. A deal. With you. Not a traditional deal, but just like, hey, I have this angel chick that you're looking for. I'll give her to you if you just let me and the Winchester boys go. Both of them. Both of them. And Alistair, of course, calls her a slut. (laughs) A cowardly slut. Yep. And says, no. Two other (laughs) demons appear and grab her. Yep. So her bargaining chip is moot. Yep. Now he has, has a counteroffer that she can't really refuse. Can't really refuse because he's going to make he... an offer that he can't refuse. Yeah. So back in the barn, Dean walks in and sees Uriel, looks around and realizes that it's only him and Uriel and comes to the realization that he's dreaming and yeah. that Uriel has entered his dreams. Not Dean's first rodeo when it comes to angels, you know, interrupting you know, invading his his dreams, which I liked that Dean was like, been here before. I know this. I But I also thought it was just like, how does he know that I'm here? I have like my little hex baggy thing, you know, so it was like, how True. did he know? Maybe I'm dreaming, whatever. Right. What? Right. However, well, he my, got my... to the conclusion that he's dreaming, he right. did. And he did. oh, he's dreaming. Well, and that's I... the only way that angels can communicate with him right now. Right. I thought it was because uh, Ruby burnt her hex bag. I thought that too. Find them. Yeah. I thought that too. But I guess that was just her. Yeah. Because they probably still have theirs on them. Because she did hand them like a couple of them right at the start. Gave one to each Dean and uh, Anna. So anyway, uh, Uriel is A, there just because it's the only way that he can talk to Dean and his time is almost up. He's alone because Cass likes Dean too much to uh, want to threaten him (laughs) like he's about to. (laughs) Um, Dean threatens him right back, you know, with the line, but he says, you know, oh, Anna's like back. She's like level 9,000, you know. Yeah, she's, she's an angel, angel now. She's going to kick your she ass. Back. Yep, and Uriel's like, she can't do that without her grace. And it turns out Uriel is the one who found her grace and took it, and he's holding it in like a little crystal vase, like around his like neck. Like a vial, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and he proceeds to taunt Dean about about anna and now he has feelings for anna there's something more there oh you got a slice of angel food cake which is 
gross, but okay. <laughs> not not off the mark. Kind of um, clever. <laughs> yep. Yep. Calls calls his bluff. Um Dean is like, you know what? You're you're not gonna do anything. Go ahead. Send me to hell. Yeah. Do it. And Uriel is actually taken a little aback by that. He's like, You're just crazy enough to do it. You're just crazy enough to stand there while I kill you. Mm-hmm. Um and Dean says, you know what? I don't break that easy. And Uriel says, ah, yes, you do. I just, you just got to apply the right pressure. Right. And Dean seems to be like, uh-oh, what does Uriel have? Yeah. What is the pressure and what is my pressure point? Like, he actually does look concerned. He kind of drops the bravado for a second. Yeah, yeah. Um, he also does retort to Uriel, and I wondered if this this could be a reach on my end. Um, mm-hmm. he, he says... Like he calls Uriel junkless and you're like, you're like a Ken doll down there. Yeah. Which called back to me. Uh, it's a Kevin Smith's movie called Dogma. Um, in which Alan Rickman plays an angel. Alan and, Rickman. And it's like the weirdest movie that Alan Rickman could have been in, I think. But like he did <laughs> such a good job. But he literally pulls his pants down. And it's like and he a candle. Yeah, it's just like blank. Oh. And he says, I'm like a candle, you know, in his oh. Alan Rickman voice. <laughs> uh, I would say that's actually pretty good because otherwise, why would Dean, why, A, how does Dean know that angels don't have anatomy? Yeah. You know, especially if they're in, in, they're in a court, I mean, they're in a meat suit, right? So I guess. That's true. They that's, are in a meat suit. So they probably, at this moment in time, do have, do have a genitalia. human but um but yeah so i will give you that let's say yes <laughs> to the shout out to <laughs> to dogma wouldn't put it past the writers honestly would not put it past them yeah so now we cut to ruby who is in i could only describe it as like a torture porn situation yeah it was like some disgusting dentist's office that was half I don't know because it, it was she was strapped to a table but specifically for like torture yeah. yes but she, she was, was naked, naked except, except the strap leather... you know, strategically covering her you know hoo-ha right. titty titties and yeah. i'm sure and i'm sure it was just so there was enough skin exposed so he could like knife her in all places but yeah yeah. And the leather, the straps I was holding her down had like sigils and stuff yeah. in it. There was a leather strap across her mouth uh-huh. that we learned was to keep her from smoking out Yeah, while he was carving her up because Alistair has cutting her with the demon blade. Yeah. He's slicing her. There's blood running down onto the floor from her body. Um, and she's crying and she's screaming through yeah. this mask. Yeah. But it's covering her mouth. Yeah. He's um, cutting her just enough that it won't kill her, but it's yep. sure causing a lot of pain. Yeah, demon, she is not holding back. Of Ruby, right? She is. She is definitely in pain. He eventually stops cutting, removes her her mouth gag, her mouth strap. You know, saying, you know, and don't you go try smoking out because, you know, kill you essentially. And when he removes the the thing from her mouth, her uh her relief. And her breath is mm-hmm. is so um, livable. It's so it's like visceral, believable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That she she is truly being tortured. Yeah, and it's not like yeah, Ruby, you deserve that. No, it's like oh my god. Yeah, you know. And she breaks down. She's like, I'll show you. I'll 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 show you. I'll yeah, take I you. Won't, to Anna. Yeah, I won't tell you because you're just gonna kill me right afterward. Tell me. 
but I will show you. I'll take you there. Yeah. We assume that the torture stops because we don't see him like put the mask back on or yeah. He just kind of he just kind of smiles. Yeah. Um, So back at the barn, uh, Sam, Dean, and Anna are like looking for Ruby. Like, where did why why isn't Ruby here? Yeah. You know, where's Ruby? And suddenly the the wind blows, the walls bang open, and Uriel and Castiel walk in in a Mm -hmm. standard now angel entrance. Right. Yeah. And I love that they also like close the doors behind them. So it's like (laughs) bang, doors open, they enter. Bang, doors close behind them. I'm like, oh, that's nice. (laughs) Nice that they close the door. Yeah. And it does seem like everybody but Dean is surprised to see them there. Like, how did right. you find us? What is going on? Well, we thought the hex bags would save us. Yeah. You know, all eyes cut to Dean. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was like a slow turn, like, mm? okay. And um, uh, he apologizes to Anna, who realizes that they gave him a choice of whether to kill her or I, I think she was gesturing to killing Sam. Like that yeah. was his. That was the choice he was that given. That was his option. Either they they'll kill Sam or they'll kill Anna, and it's up to him to choose. Yeah. And so Dean apologizes to Anna, you know, and Anna's like, "It's okay, I forgive you. I, I get it. Yeah. You know, I understand." And S- Sam is kind of like, "What's going on?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Not in a comic way, but he is truly like, "What like, is I happening?" I am so here? confused. Yeah. I'm so confused. Anna kisses Dean and says, you know, you did the best you could. I forgive you. Even though Dean has previously said he's not in for like consolation prizes, you know, for participation trophies. Yeah. yeah. And so far it's like, he keeps getting like, oh, you tried your hardest, you know, it's like not what (laughs) Dean wants. You know, he wants to win. Yeah. He doesn't want to be like, oh, you tried. And uh, Castiel sees this. I mean, he witnesses this interaction between uh sam and uh, dean and anna and he seems a little bit affected by it or at least he seems to take note of it as opposed to like uriel who's just like let's hurry this up and get to the killing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know castiel seems to be a little bit more intrigued by the interactions yeah and then anna she's like all right she steps away from the protection of sam and dean steps forward closer to castiel and uriel and says basically all right let's do this yeah i'm ready I'm ready. I'm not. I'm done running. I'm done hiding. Let's go. And yeah. uh, in a display of perfect timing, you know, Alistair appears with Ruby. Um, yep. It's like, wait, <laughs> just one minute, just one second there before you kill the girl. Yes, we would like the girl. Yes, <laughs> give me the girl. He throws Ruby aside, and now we have a like heaven and hell face off. And yep. I just want to say, I'm like. Maybe this is weird. Maybe I'm in the minority. I don't know for sure. I can only speak on my own opinion. I'm like in love with this guy's voice and affectation and his lisp. The guy who plays Alistair. Oh my gosh. He just, he reminds me of uh, like the Godfather. Uh, a little of, bit. Um, he is pulling a little, a little Marlon Brando. Yeah, yes. a, little, a little bit of that. But yeah, because he's talking in a way that, it's like you kind of want to mock him, but you also know that he's going to kill you if you do. Yeah. Because um, it was like the way yeah. he was just like, I think I'll take my chances. You oh, know, and he wow. just has this essence just in a certain kind of way. And even in the, you know, in his introduction scene, you know, when he's like, he's Dean, a little Dean, bit, Dean. just a touch, like a touch effeminate, but in the perfect right. kind of way, but, you know, when he was like playing like, oh no, I'm being choked out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, it was just a tickle. I just, yeah. ooh. 
I love because him he as Alistair. Be a, yeah, because he doesn't have to be a full, like, muscle-bound badass. He yeah. can be whatever he wants to be. And he, because he is, like, the mass torturer of hell. And you know, I dare you to... Fucking powerful. Because then here yeah. a second, when, like, the battle royale starts happening, you know, Cass goes to, to smite him. Uriel's and... doing it to his minions over, like, behind him. But Cass tries yep. to do it to Alistair. Nothing. Nothing. Again, Nothing. he fakes him out. He's like, oh, oh, oh no, I'm going to oh, die, no. sucker. <laughs> you know, psych. Yeah. And then knocks, like, Castiel out. I have to say, I want, I wrote down, like, the, the minion demons. I'm like, we need to start calling them, like, red shirt demons because yeah. anybody who appears <laughs> next to a, a, a higher ranking demon is just going to die. Yeah. They're doomed. They're Absolutely just doomed. doomed. So I, I was just referring to them all <laughs> as red shirt demon number one. <laughs> number two um so the the gist of it is uh uriel attacks redshirt demon number one takes and starts like to smite him like uh -huh. hand on the forehead like punch 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 and then hand on the forehead and starts to smite demon number one cast like you said cast goes after uh alistair to no effect um to the point where alistair is able to not cast down off his feet and goes and starts choking him while trying to i'm assuming exercise him yeah i don't he know starts, what it was he starts he? chanting like the same two lines over and over again yeah. so Potestus it wasn't exactly an exorcism me confirma yeah which i, mean, I did not look up or anything to see it what... means infernal power emboldened me so he was calling out to hell to the underworld for strength oh. so he was trying to gather strength to kill the angel I i'm see. assuming it was to kill him Right, um, to like choke him out with his bare hands, essentially. Yeah, yeah. So that's what he was basically saying. Infernal power emboldened me. Infernal power emboldened me. Got it. Um, Dean is able to like slam Alistair with a tire iron and is shocked <laughs> when it doesn't have any effect on him except to like draw his attention to yeah, Dean. Yeah, it distracts like, oh. him but does very little actual damage. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, Dean, 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 in that wonderful accent. Yes. You know, I'm so disappointed. You know, you had such promise. Uh, and again, Sam is like, what does that mean? Like, yeah. he's th he doesn't say it, but he's thinking it. He's seeing all this happen, and he's still like, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> um, so Alistair then blasts Dean. Um, he blasts like, both blasts, of them back and, you know, yeah. starts to do the, the Cruciatus curse. Yeah. 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 So now both Sam and Dean are choking. Uriel is able to smite demon, redshirt demon number two. But while he's doing that, he's distracted and is able to grab the uh, her the grace, grace off of his neck. Mm -hmm. Yep. And runs to the center of the barn and smashes it, smashes her grace on the ground. And it clouds out in this white tint, like white smoke, but with blue. It's kind of like it, a white smoke demon, essentially, like a white light yeah. demon, because it even like enters her the same way that a demon would a right. body, which through is like the through the mouth. mouth. Like she's and like, like <gasps> yep. And yep. then as she's like filled with it and it starts growing and glowing, yeah. it, it it's gets like, more and more intense. And she keeps shouting like, shut your eyes, shut your eyes, shut your eyes. Shut and your everybody eyes. who is able to, you know, shuts their eyes. And at the Except peak- Except for Alistair, Cass, and Uriel. <laughs> yes. And at the peak, you know, she's like, shut your eyes. And then she like angel ray guns out and takes Alistair with her. Yep. Like outside but of the shop, right she's gone. Right. But right before that happens, Alistair steps towards her, like reaches out to her, steps towards her. And then all of a sudden she, she explodes, taking him with her. 
and the everybody else in the barn has like wind whipped in their face mm-hmm. you know while it was now this was very indiana jones raiders of the lost ark with the mirror <laughs> shut your eyes there you go yes. there you go just gonna say it yes um but they're left alone uh with with no angels no demons except for well, no that's not true Cass and you really that oh shit i jumped i jumped the gun sorry <laughs> um it's okay so then they leave, like at, like Cass and Uriel are like, ah, you damn yeah, kids. Uriel's still pissed. <laughs> yeah, Uriel's pissed. Cass is like, let's let's fight this another day. Yeah. Type of thing. And then um, they go. Yeah. Dean picks up the demon blade that Alistair dropped. This time, finally, it was a demon who dropped, yeah. dropped the blade. <laughs> and, uh, and then they kind of give each other pats on the back, and they were like, good idea, Sam. And I was like, oh. Okay, oh, yeah. because kind of like this whole time, I'm like, how did Anna know that her grace was there? <laughs> like, <laughs> they right? all seem surprised that they just showed up, you know? So like, oh, angels, hey, how's it hey. going? Yeah. Um, hey, look, here's Ruby with the demons. Yeah, okay, what's going on? Um, yeah. So it's like, oh, Sam thought this up, and he stole the, or was inspired by Ruby's godzilla Mothra, and Mothra comment yeah. of like let's get them all together in the same room and just like have them, them fight just, it out because yeah. there's yeah because there's no way we could have yeah done it mm-hmm. so just let them fight it out and uh and it worked which i have to say they're acting in those final scenes better than the acting that dean and sam did in the bar when they were yeah, hustling 100 uh, cool. just 100 <laughs> so we know that they can pull it out when they need yeah. to yeah <laughs> um, or pull it off so to speak so Sam kind of thinks that this is a happy ending. You know, he's like, oh, well, Anna's up in heaven now as a super angel. And yeah. he's like, mm, not so not so sure about the happiness part of yeah. this. Yeah. And so cut to yeah. next day, the next morning. Boys are having a beer Anna- by the car, yeah. which is like a classic closing scene. Yep. Yep. Beer next to the Impala. And they're like, we made it. Yeah. You know, clink, clink. <laughs> um, after a quiet moment, Dean, without any provocation, brings up Alistair and, and says, uh, I know you heard him. I know you heard what he said. And yeah. Sam's and like, Sam's like yeah, yeah, I did, but I, I told did, you but... I wasn't going to push, so I'm not going to push, you know? Yep, you're not talking, so I'm not pushing. And so Dean breaks down and tells him what it was like in hell. First of all, that it wasn't just four months in hell four months was like 40 years yes of torture in hell yes. which again with the bible and the 40 and the oh, okay yeah they love the number 40 yep um, and this again describes... I, I told i said this in the last time they, they mentioned it but i passed over this again you know it's just like oh he said for i don't remember what i thought he said like four years or something yeah yeah and it was like somebody else i was just like no he said 40 i'm like no he didn't and he's like, no, twice, <laughs> twice it was. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, he but, spent uh, that he spent that time being literally tortured and carved yeah. up to tiny bits on the rack, yeah. like Every torn to day. shreds at the start of each day, and then being restored by the end of each day to then start, to start over in the over. next. Yeah. Now, before For- we move on to this juicy nugget of a scene, there are so many Greek myths that are like similar to this. Yeah. There's Prometheus who stole fire from Mount Olympus and his punishment was having his liver eaten alive 
by eagles every day. So similar in this, like he was, you know, strapped to a rock or something, you chained to a rock. Eagles would come like peck out his liver and like eat it out of him while alive. And then his liver would restore by the end of the day only to like have oh, the eagles oh, come and peck him out again. There's, Jesus, I don't remember that. There's Sisyphus, there's, well, I remember that there was, I was like, this is very Grecian, this like, oh, you know, being restored. Yeah. So I had to go look it up to see if there were any exact ones. There's not, but there's a lot of similars. There's Sisyphus, who was a cruel king and basically like a serial killer, just kind of like killed people for fun. He leaked a location of like secret water nymphs and he, this is the one he was forced to carry or push a boulder up to the top up of a mountain. Hill. And like just yep. before he reached the top, the boulder would roll down. So then he had to do it over and over and over again yep. for eternity. Yep. eternity. And then there's Tantalus, who was a son of Zeus, one of the favorite sons of Zeus, who uh, was just kind of a mischief maker up in Mount Olympus, but like, the thing that did him in was he killed his own son and cooked and served him at like a god's dinner party like he was always invited to the dinner parties up on mount olympus but the gods like were like we know what you did <laughs> we're gods so he was doomed to uh, eternal thirst and hunger by being surrounded by water and fruit that were always out of his grasp. So he'd like go to like bend down and take a drink and it would like sift through his Disappear. fingers. Water, and he would like go to reach for the fruit and like he could never get closer. Yeah. I know these like, man, the Greeks and the gods. They did not fuck around the Greeks, man. They wanted yeah. you punished. They wanted no to make sure you were kidding. never going to do these bad things. <laughs> right? And they didn't like women much either because I hate to say it. It's like, is there anybody? Oh, Persephone. Does she? Is she okay? It's like Persephone is the wife of Hades, and she gets to go up to the surface like every six months. She's like the spring and the summer seasons, and then right. in the fall and the winter seasons, she goes back down into Hades. So she's so kind of like too bad. Oh, she was trapped by him. I think she was like, "I'm taking you for a wife," and then she finally right. made a deal with him. Eventually, it was just like, well, at least let me go him. for six months, you know, so right. I don't have to stay down here forever. Okay, so yeah, I hate women. So they, well, they hate men too, obviously. Right. <laughs> <laughs> here, here's my son. Let me serve him up on a platter to you. Yeah. Um, okay. Wow. Thank you for that. All right, eagles eating your liver. Okay. okay. Yep. That's a lot. So um, anyway, Dean was suffering a similar fate in being tortured to death or to near death well he's already dead but you know right. but each night and then being restored whole to then be done again right but not only was he restored whole each night right before the end alistair would come to him and say i will end this i'll get, take you off the rack if you put souls on it mm -hmm. and for 30 years dean says no i will not put other souls through this and he suffers for 30 years until he finally can't withstand it anymore. He breaks and he's taken off the rack and then becomes the torturer himself. And he's crying while he's describing that he broke, that he broke. And not only did he break, he then tortured souls. Yeah. He did the same thing to other souls. And he says, I don't even know how many I did. It was just, I just did it. Yeah. And the things and that he did to him, he like, can't yep. bring himself to he, say what they are. Yeah. 
and Sam is listening to this uh, and is very, I don't want to say sympathetic, um, but he says the right thing, which is, Dean, you you lasted longer than anybody would have. You lasted 30 years, and that's what you should be taking. Yeah. You know, but again, that's the participation prize that Dean doesn't want, you know? Yeah, Sam is focusing on the positives. Like, you lasted for 30 years. 30 That's a years. long, that's a lifetime, almost. You yeah. know, like a young lifetime. Yeah. And Dean is focusing on the 10. The 10 years, yeah, the, instead of the, the 30. Yeah. The 10 yeah. that he had in his eyes failed. Yeah. And, you know, and he's he doesn't want to fail at anything and he failed and not only did he fail, but now he's left with these, the emotions of mm -hmm. what he did yeah. and he can't stand it, which harkens back to him talking to Anna about emotions. Yeah. Um, like it would be okay to not have emotions while she's yeah. like, no, 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 I want emotions. Even if they're bad, she didn't know what he was holding inside him at that moment, which is the guilt. I'm assuming the guilt of the 10 years of torturing other souls that that's a feeling that he can't even bring himself to tell Sam about. He's like, I yeah. can't even, um, he's like, I, I, and he, he made it sound like I, I, I wish I could stop feeling altogether. And who hasn't, who hasn't experienced that, whether it's physical pain of when you get hurt, you're just waiting for that pain to stop. So you can mm -hmm. like breathe again type of thing, or the emotional pain of when you're given something terrible that you wish you could just go back before you were given the terrible yeah. So that you didn't have to have that feeling anymore. And whether it's a broken heart, you know, or whether it's bad news, whether it's, you know, you failed your, you know, whatever. We've all had that pain of wishing yeah. that we'd never experienced it in the first place. Mm -hmm. And I kind of think that that's what he's, he's going through right now, which is, I wish I never had these, had these emotions at all. Right. Um, and he just can't wait for the pain to subside. And this scene was just so beautiful. Because... It was, that's exactly what I wrote. I said, this is a beautiful piece of acting from Jensen. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. he is deep down in it. It's real. It's visceral. It rips at your gut. Like I didn't even want to say like it was heart wrenching. It was just, it punched you in the gut, which is yeah. a, a stronger feeling to me than like, yeah. you know, oh, you know, it's like, oh, oh my God, I'm so no. heartbroken. It's like, no, it's like solar no. plexus. It's gut. It's like, <laughs> it's yeah. And it's because we've had that, we've had that emotion. Yeah. I mean, we didn't torture souls in hell, but we've all had that emotion that I wish I'd never experienced uh that emotion mm -hmm. i wish i never had that feeling that pain in my that emotional pain inside my body i wish i never experienced because you know what it's not going to go away it's always going to be there now yeah um so and he played it beautifully he absolutely played it yeah. beautifully it was like a like a masterful <laughs> yeah, a, scene a, done a by strong Jensen. man and i mean jared was fantastic as well he didn't you know didn't need to upstage him didn't need to underplay overplay he yeah. just was there literally supporting um, right because also like what could you say to that you know like anybody you know like if you received a piece of news like that or like i don't know exactly what, what to say in this moment if there is even anything right to say right in this moment how do we support to say. there's yeah. no answer there's no. no answer there's no magic word to make it better 
you know it's it's like uh and even know, uh, <laughs> this is like oh it's all gonna be okay that's not going to cut it yeah mm -mm. like uh i didn't tell this story but i you know i texted you about the injury at at this last show mm -hmm. part of the the day after the initial injury happened was telling everybody to breathe yeah to let go of whatever tension you have right now and just breathe if you have to cry if you have to scream get mm -hmm. it out this isn't mm -hmm. about protecting anybody's feelings it's not about protecting i don't want to be this person i'm like cry it out blow it out you know you we have to we have to move past this moment in time yeah and uh and they did i mean it was hard but it was just one of those emotions you mm -hmm. get trapped in your head yeah and sometimes you just need someone to tell you to it's okay yeah to feel this and to do what you need to do with those emotions it's okay do it so it's okay dean do yeah it. but yeah it was beautiful it was it was poignant it was emotional mm -hmm. uh and he he didn't overplay it he he was you know he had tears running down his face he had snot running out of his nose no but I, th he wasn't I thought wailing. he played it i thought he played it very weeping. real yeah yeah he didn't know what to do yeah he didn't know what to do there's you know you can't kill that emotion you know can't be the hunter and kill it um can't be the hero and say oh it's okay i'll deal with it you know mm -hmm. let me mm -hmm. let me throw myself on that grenade for you you know he can't and he's just stuck with it beautiful beautiful ending yes agreed And we're, we're stuck with that grenade for another week. <laughs> or for, you know, 30 seconds until you like, the next one. <laughs> until you just like, damn it, I need to watch the next yeah. episode. Finds my palette. What is, what is the next episode? The next episode is, uh, oh my gosh. So they would have had to have waited two months because Heaven and Hell was the mid-season uh, finale. Oh, so that premiered November 20th, 2008. The next one, uh -huh. Family Remains, wasn't until January 15th of the next oh year. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, and I remember I remember Family Remains. OK. OK. Yeah, I don't. I, I do. It took me a second. I like I was running through my head. I was like, uh, yep. No, I, I remember this one. Wow, um, I do not at all. I'm just like looking through some of the still shots not uh not ringing a bell at all uh yeah there's a scene in here that i am always anti when tv shows or movies do this particular thing oh. and i'll talk about it next time when we get there so family remains beautiful episode yes. uh family remains um that is not a beautiful episode just dot dot, dot. um i was referring back to heaven and hell yes i understand well, i have a quick question though uh so with Alistair and Anna both gone, does that mm -hmm. mean that Alistair is dead? Did she kill him? Did she smite him? Or is, did he just get like thrown back to hell? I don't. Because if they're assuming that she lived through that, that she like, that explosion was her, you know, her grace taking her back into heavenly angel form, what happened to Alistair? Um, because he was looking directly at her. So maybe he got burned out. Maybe he got maybe. burned out from uh, through his eyeballs, through his innards. I don't know. That's just only a question. Hope. I was like, does that mean he's dead? <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of kind of... Because uh, the I, demon I body stayed. Continuity things. Um, yeah. 
Because even in the beginning, when Anna casts away the angels with her... Oh, never mind. No, I just answered my own question. Because she's not technically an angel. Because I was like, how come she didn't get blasted away by the angel casting away spells? Because, oh, she doesn't have grace. She's not an angel. She's human. All right. That was that. All right. For heaven and hell. Godzilla versus Mothra. Yeah, that's what it should have been called, honestly. Godzilla versus Mothra. Oh, that reminds me. They did try to, the original title of this episode was Hell's Angels. Oh, that would have been so good. And but did, did they, they not were, want it? The Hell's Angels were like, no. Hell's Angels said, hell no. Yep, they said copyright infringement. They are very so they protective over their brand. Yeah, so heaven and hell it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, that's going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, please subscribe to us anywhere that you can find podcasts. Uh, if you could rate us and review us, uh, that would be very helpful and we would appreciate it. You can also follow us on social media. We are at Salt and Burn This everywhere. We're on YouTube also at Salt and Burn This if that is a way you prefer to listen to podcasts. So yeah, thank you all for listening. Oh, and uh, I know we mentioned it last time, but I do want to make a bigger deal out of it that we hit 10,000 follow uh, listens, downloads. Yes. I know, we just kind of glazed over us. it last week. We're like, oh, guess what happened? But, but you know what? No. Well, we this did is it. A, this is a big deal. We've been around 10, for like two years, and yep. we hit 10,000, which, you know, I'm going to take it. I'll take it too, because that's actually 10,000 that we know about, that our one, you know, registered area knows about. Mm-hmm. It doesn't go into, like, it doesn't include YouTube. It doesn't include, that's you know, true, yeah. other you know other other venues so yeah that we that isn't tracked through our little uh hosting site so So thank you everyone so much for being a part of that ten thousand. we were much more excited on the outside than what we brought into the podcast (laughs) (laughs) so here we go for the next ten thousand. Woo! (laughs) thank you guys we'll see you next week bye Bye.